Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. We have an interesting subject for you. You may have followed this particular case in recent times where a lady had been made promises, had actually been giving things in a relationship. And when things went bad, she sought to recover everything, including the promises made to her. The court threw her case out, and the court said, the case comes within the rule that out of a forbidding or immoral act, no cause of action can arise. In the result, the judge said, I will uphold the submissions by counsel for the applicant. Application to strike out the respondent's pleadings and dismiss the action is hereby granted. The case was dismissed. It was a question between morality and law. Which one takes precedence? We'll write back. And here is our the law 101. Many years ago, a law lord said, Lord Devlin, he said, No society can do without intolerance, indignation, and disgust. They are the forces behind the moral law. He added, It is generally accepted that some shared morality is an essential element in the constitution of any society. Without it, there would be no social cohesion. Welcome once again to the law this afternoon. My guest, Gertrude Amoko Ama. She's lecturer, UPSA Law School, and senior associate, Owusu Dapa Law and Associates. Thank you very much for making time to join us. You're welcome, Kanzo. Thank Great. you for having me. Thank you. Also joining us, and by Zoom from Kumasi is Richard Obing Mensa, a prolific author and who has also authored legal texts. He's also a lecturer, faculty of law, KNUSD, and he's managing solicitor, Light Associates. Richard, thank you very much for making time to join us. Thank you for having me, Samson. Great. And what a coincidence. I suppose the two of you uh, have been speaking to each other. The, about the coincidence, right? We'll, we'll, we'll take up that after, after the <laughs> That's <program>. right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, let's begin 
on the note of what we call the Law 101, which we do every Sunday on this show, to make sure that you don't forget at least that important part uh, if you forgot everything. Lord Devlin said, no society can do without intolerance, indignation, and disgust. They are the forces behind the moral law. It is generally accepted that some shared morality is an essential element in the constitution of any society. Without it, there would be no social cohesion. Richard, where does this statement sit with you in your use and encounter of the law? Yes, um, thank you very much, um, Samson. I think the Lord Devlin, um, I agree with him in a lot of ways when he says that no society can do without intolerance, indignation, disgust, because they are the forces behind the moral law. I think he's saying this because these are things that will naturally come out, out in any society that so long as human beings are within the society. But I think he was quick also to add that this statement that he's making is an acceptable statement because moral issues are generally accepted in society and certain aspects, if not even all of them, are essential elements for the constitution of any society. In other words, without certain moral standards, it will be difficult to build anything, including society, so that certain minimum requirements of moral standard will serve as a bedrock for anything to be constructed. So it's like building a structure where you don't have a foundation. No matter how hard you try to erect that structure, so long as the foundations are not strong, you can be sure that it will not last and it will not be sustainable. So I see Lord living here more like linking issues of morality to be more of a, uh, one of the foundational structures that are needed for building any uh, society. Mm. So I think that will be my and many many years ago when they were in the UK and England were talking about law reform and the indignation that you see today in the Ghanaian and African society in respect of LGBTQ and the, and the rest appears to have been what was invoked at the time and yet the argument for those who said, let law not override people's own moral issues was upheld. Well, how do you also see this kind of statement in your interaction with the law, both as a teacher and as a, a practitioner? Right. Um, thank you very much, Samson. I think we all agree that generally the law is one of the techniques that are used in social ordering. In fact, the most effective, depending on where you stand. But I would also quickly say that we need not put aside the fact that in times past, even up until today, there are so many other techniques of social ordering that continue to be used. Things like morality, like you have just referred to, and especially in the words of Lord Devlin here. What do we mean by morality? notions of good and bad, right and wrong. That is one. Even superstition. 
those are all ways that have been used in social ordering. Now, the intersection between law and morality is one that is an ongoing debate. Depending on the school of thought that you belong to, there are some that are of the view that they should be two separate things. Others are of the view that, no, there's no way we can have morality on one end and the law on one end. Because generally, morality can serve as the bedrock or as the foundation for the law. And I think this has been demonstrated in several ways. When you look at certain types of laws that we have, particularly our criminal laws, mm -hmm. many of these offenses are not only illegal or are not only crimes, but are also immoral. And we need not go through them. These are all over. There are also those who quickly add that, look, there are certain acts that can be illegal, but are not, sorry, there are certain acts that can be immoral, but are not necessarily illegal. Mm. That is true, but that most of the time tends to be the exception rather than the norm. So I do largely agree with um, the words of Lord Devlin that we cannot totally dissect morality from the law. Mm. And we'll come to where people talk about a certain unfairness of the law, even when it comes to the question of morality. Mm -hmm. So you will find incest. Mm -hmm. You will find adultery. And the question will be, why are certain things criminalized and things like that are not criminalized? If the society means these are immoral <laughs> and they must also conform to our laws. Now, Richard, the question somebody asked me was that the law is very skewed, isn't it? And you can't take morality away from it, though, because even as a law student, you are required to have a certain character Passing the exams alone is not enough to make you a lawyer. The same way if you want to become a judge, they say you must be a person of high moral character and proving integrity. So why should anybody suggest that we can, we can treat the two separately, morality and law? What do you say? That's, um, it's like saying that he can decouple his or her charisma or talent from his character. Mm -hmm. The reality is that maybe the, the charisma or the, the talent will give you some waves and a certain level of success at a point. But eventually, one attention is not given to character at the same time. It will meant to destroy you. Mm. So... I will situate the two to be like talking about maybe somebody having charisma and character with the issue about the law and the morality. The two have to go together. Although there they may be certain legal rules that may not be moral per se, where maybe we may not talk about moral, but it is. Um, and here we are talking about society, or maybe let's say a nation like Ghana. It will be very difficult for you to build a society without it. So let's talk about even the law requires that judges must be of high moral character and proving integrity. Can you imagine a judge who is dispensing justice, who is devoid of character and, more, uh, 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 and most minimum uh, morals? So the law even is not talking about having a minimum moral, but even talk about high moral integrity. 
it tells you that even with that high moral integrity and character, it is even very difficult to do the right thing, like even dispensing of justice, which you cannot take out of society. Without law and justice, no society can. So that even the administrators of the law and justice are required to possess these qualities or virtues. So um, the two, as my dear sister said, will go hand in hand, except maybe in some clear um, situations where there will be strictly maybe legal rules where the law may not, maybe uh, morality may not necessarily But most of the time, the connection goes along and they are so tight and connected. Interesting. Now, let's now go straight to the matter that brings us to focus on this. And then we'll get you to explain to our audience. And remember, as always, that we'll open the phone lines in due course for you to um, ask your questions. In this particular case, and almost all of you are familiar with it, the court said the law is settled that any agreement which has as its object future illicit sexual relations is bad. I take that again. The law is settled that any agreement which has as its object future illicit sexual relations is bad. It is a contract to promote sexual immorality. Hence, a promise to pay monthly allowance to a mistress. 3,000 monthly allowance to the person in this case. Even if made by deed under seal. Very interesting. Deed under seal would be void. And void means it never existed. That's so. Okay. So also... A contract which, though seemingly innocent, has to the knowledge of the parties an immoral motive will also be void. I read further. The accommodation or the rent for two years for the person who, want to, who wanted to sue here, the purchase of a car for that person, to pay that person a monthly allowance and other things, that were allegedly promised to her, were done for the purpose of enabling her to receive the visits of the man whose mistress she was and to commit fornication with him. Indeed, the judge said, I do not think that it makes any difference whether this woman is a commercial sex worker or a common prostitute or whether she is merely the mistress of one man. The accommodation that is allegedly being promised, or its rent payment to be provided for two years by the man, is for the purpose of committing the sin of fornication, and such is immoral. Should I continue? There's a last bit I'll read. It says... The, the, the judge says, I am therefore of the view that whatever this woman sought to benefit was her participation in an illegal and immoral act with the man by being in a parallel relationship for financial consideration or gains 
a relationship, the act of which was not according to the woman herself, in conformity with social norms, there is nothing absolute. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Nothing glaring on the face of the pleadings that this woman has been able to point to a single act performed outside the provision of sexual services or acts incidental thereto, which included her duties in her parlor relationship with the man. This is how she lost the case. Why? Hmm, that's the big question that everybody wants some clarity yeah. <laughs> on. Um, I think the, the facts of this case are well known to many Ghanaians. And um, the reasoning behind the decision, what informed the conclusion that the learned justice came to, is what you have just read. Um, for me, before I delve into this discussion, I want to say that it's important we take a step away from my emotions. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. And try and look at this matter rather dispassionately. There are different dynamics of these sorts of relationships. So, for example, I'm happy you kept referring to the slang side chick as mistress. That's right. I would want to stick by same. And as much as it's an acceptable slang, I'd want to rather refer to um, the lady in question as a mistress. Yes, so in the opinion of the court, the court would not lend its power, its authorities, to enforce any agreement of this nature, primarily because it is the position of the law. An agreement is an agreement. Well, come there, counsel. The man and the woman, they spoke. That and they so. agreed. That is all. So why? Now, we, as many of us may know, there are certain elements that, may be, must, that must be present within an agreement for it to be a valid contract. There must have been an offer, consideration, sorry, an offer, acceptance, some consideration was given. The parties must have been in the capacity to contract. But that is not all. Aside that, whatever agreement the parties may have entered into must not be illegal. So the position of the law is that an otherwise valid contract, which may have met all these um, elements that I have just mentioned, will not be enforceable because they are actually illegal. What do we mean by illegality? There are mainly two sources. Mm. Either the agreement in question is contrary to some statute, some law expressly, is against the dictates of a particular law. And the more interesting concept, that agreement may be one that is contrary to public policy. Now, that is where the interesting thing comes up. Mm. What do we mean by public policy? Now, there are certain incidents. So, first, you yes. say it may be contrary to law. That is one. That would be like something prescribed in a law. That is so. 
when we look at this, a promise that I should be your mistress. Right. And she'll take care of you, so, right. so to speak. Right. In as exchange a woman, for what? In exchange for sex. Right. Now, that... You're going to pay me this amount. Yes. You're going to give me uh, rent. Right. Or get me a place to live. Right. And some other, you know, mm. benefits. Mm. Which law is against that? It may not be against a particular law or the letter of a particular law. But like I'm saying, the other leg of these contracts that are illegal are the bunch of contracts that may be contrary to public policy. So you may not expressly find a law that says that you cannot be someone's paramour or you cannot be someone's mistress or what have you. But the notion or the idea that this arrangement is one that is promoting sexual immorality, fornication, like the judge said, between a married party and, you know, some other person outside of that marriage. And the, the consideration or that agreement is being entered into purely, like the judge noted in his ruling, purely on the basis of sexual favors or sexual activities or things that are incidental to that. That is a clear example of something that is contrary to public policy. Mm. The law would not enforce a contract that seeks to promote immorality, particularly sexual immorality. So first, our law prohibits prostitution. That is so. Right? That is so. Good. So if our law prohibits prostitution, the judge is entitled to say mm. that what you have agreed, mm. which you said has all the elements of mm. what forms a contract, right. what you have agreed is a contract, mm. but it is a contract to prostitution. Right. Therefore, it's against law. Right. It's illegal. Right. That kind of contract cannot be enforced. It cannot, yes. Right. But in this case, mm. the judge is talking about immorality, fornication, and you say public policy. Which public <laughs> policy is this? And that is why the judge is quick to add that even if this had been a case of an agreement with a prostitute, even that would, an, would have been an agreement that he is not or the court would not be willing to enforce. Of now, this issue of public policy is one that, have, that has been developed um, over the years right from common law up until date. The other thing about public policy which we need to note is the fact that it changes depending on the social and economic circumstances of a particular society. So what today may be the public policy of our country may be different in a different country. What today may be generally accepted or may be generally unaccepted within our Ghanaian society may tomorrow be something that is taken as, well, it's normal. So then let's lend our, um, let, let the courts lend their authority to these kind of activities. But as it stands now and on the authority of this ruling in the matter that you just referred to, and particularly on the facts as presented, the facts may be different in different cases, for which reason we may not expect to have the same ruling, but the principle remains the same. The fact that there are certain contracts uh, which are generally contrary to public policy or to law, and for that matter they are illegal, and the courts will definitely not lend um, its assistance to enforcing any such contract. Richard, Let's hear from you. So we, we know, basic, that we don't need to go to law school to know that I cannot enter into a contract with somebody to sell cocaine. I cannot enter into a contract with somebody to sell, say, marijuana, because our law prohibits it in Ghana. So that kind of contract, even if we have written it, like the judge said, if it's in a deed and sealed, will not be enforced by a court. And since it is something that a court will not enforce, you cannot come to court and say, I entered that contract with uh, Kojo, 
and Kojo has failed to uh, perform his part of the bargain. So I'm coming so the court will force Kojo to perform his part of the bargain. But this is not something like that, correct? Yes. But um, as my learned sister was indicating, although it's not, um, it does not resonate with the example that we've given, but it's so from within the broad context of what public uh, policy will be about. Because public policy generally seeks to protect public interest. And one of the ways that public policy, uh, one such example of public interest will be issues about morality. So in this particular context, the, although we may not have expressed law prohibiting us, the other example that we have indicated, um, uh, there are some school of thought where even they will not even use the word morality, but they will talk about practical reasonableness. They don't even want to even avoid morality or issue. Hmm. The, the, the issue is in, in practice and in more reasonable view of society, but by in a Ghanaian context, is it an issue that the public will want to um, give support to? In this particular case, the facts as I read is indicate that the man in question is actually a married man. And um, apart from being a married man, this man has made this side arrangement. Let's subject to the practical reasonableness. Side arrangement <laughs> with a side chick. <laughs> yes. Yeah, how many wives will, tolerate, will be ready to tolerate <laughs> this issue? Majority of our sisters or maybe wife are likely to have issues with their husband who go with such an arrangement. Mm. So that the practical reality is that it may not be something that a lot of women, our women and our wife are likely to tolerate. Particularly if we are even looking at it in the Ghanaian society. Somebody even will refer me to what about customary uh, marriage where it is polygamous in nature. It was so not suffice because customary marriage being polygamous in nature is more married issues. Although the person has a first one, then it is the person is permitted to marry additional wives. This issue that we are talking about is not marriage, it's either fornication or adultery. Mm. So even in Ghanaian society, we cannot even use marriage organized under customary law to support it. Because even when somebody wants to go beyond a wife, the law requires that even the second one, it should not be a side chick, but how to marry the person. That is, we are going under the customary law. Yeah, but if you, are, if you are going under the ordinance where you are required to marry only one, if you marry again, then you are committing bigamy. Yes. So the law doesn't allow it. Okay. Mm. So the object should be one of the clear examples where statute clearly prohibits such conduct. But if you take it outside ordinance, because not all marriages are ordinance, uh, ordinance marriage, and even go under Kasmir or Muhammadan's marriage, right, one may be permitted to marry more than one. The objective of that law is not to encourage fornication or adultery. That is why you only work within the premise of the when even the other people, they are being married as wife. Mm. So they will not be referred as side checks, but they will be referred as wives. Right. Which is, this is totally different from the one that we are uh, 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 dealing with. Right. So, normally in such relationships, 
with side chicks, so to speak. These are typical arrangements that go on there. And in this case, this is what was being claimed. A lump sum working capital to start a business. Because if the, these were the promises and suddenly you want to destroy it, she went to the court asking for a lump sum working capital to start a business on her own. And remember that in this case, she was actually, she had gone as a service personnel and, of course, uh, expecting that she would uh, be able to do something for herself. Uh, pay for her accommodation, that is the rent, for three years. Wanted the court to force the man to buy her a car. Remember, there was a car in question, but it had been seized, so to speak. Pay her 3000 a month. Buy her a ring. Pay her medical and other bills, including paying for her to undergo family planning treatment so that she will not give birth in a short time, a term. Uh, marry her after divorcing his wife in the course of their parallel relationship since the man's relationship with his wife was challenged with irreconcilable differences and the marriage had broken down beyond repairs and or reconciliation. And then finally, generally to take care of the woman. So, you guys help us once again, and we will come to you so you have your messages or your comments as well. When you say there are contracts that can be enforced by the court, and there are others that the court will not enforce, help us appreciate again which are the types of contracts that the court will not enforce. And this is sort of a contractual relationship. Right. Yes. So, um, like I intimated earlier, there are certain elements or there are certain things that a contract must have for it to be valid one. Okay. And once a contract is valid, it means that a court then can then lend its authority towards enforcing it. What that simply means is that in the event one party refuses to honor or to abide by his or her part of the contract or the agreement as agreed, right. the court is going to make certain orders to ensure that either he goes ahead to specifically perform those things that he has earlier on agreed to do, or in the event that is not possible, some compensation in the form of damages is mm. given to the other party. Mm. Now, what types of contracts or what must be present in a contract for some of, or for the court to lend its authority to its enforcement? Mm. Yes, an offer should have been made. The other party should have accepted that offer. Some consideration must be present. The parties themselves must be capable of contracting because not everyone is in a position to contract. The law disallows or exempts certain classes of people from being able to enter into a contract. That aside, so generally, these are the four elements that once you think you have them, that should be enough. But there's another, you know, hurdle that ought to be crossed. And that is in the nature of the fact that the contract must not be illegal. So... Like I said, and like you rightly um, gave an example, you and I decide that, oh, um, counsel, I found a stash of, you know, some illicit substance on my way here. 
I want to sell it to you for 1 million Ghana cities. And you agree, okay, I'm going to give you 50,000. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. Each week until I pay the entire 1 million CDs. Halfway along the line, you decide, oh, I'm not going to pay that. If I go to court and ask a judge to force you to pay the remaining amount to me or to give me some other relief or remedy, there's no way a judge or a court of law is going to agree to that. Mm. Because that agreement that we had was with respect to a subject matter that is illegal. You cannot deal in illicit substances in this country. It is contrary to the law. So those ones are clear. Or for example, I come to you and I say, oh, this person, I'm not so happy about this person. So can you find a way of eliminating this person for me? If you fail to do so, I cannot rush to a court of law and say that, um, honorable judge, or my lady, can you please enforce this contract and get something to you know, eliminate this person for me? That is not possible. Those ones are quite clear. There are other types of contracts that are contrary to the public interest. And these fall under the umbrella of what we call contracts that are contrary to public policy. And they are contrary to public policy, again, because they are either offending against the provisions of a particular law, or it just doesn't sit well with what is generally accepted within a particular society. And right. that is where our notions of morality comes in. Like my brother rightly said, and, and well, I, I must um, admit that some of these things are quite subjective. If we decide to run a poll right now that how many married women would be, you know, accepting of their husbands or their spouses being in some of these extramarital affairs. Nowadays, right. you cannot predict. Mm. It's, it, it appears as if, you know, this phenomenon is one that is rising and one that is, well, to some, being taken as acceptable within our society. But, well, who knows? You, you cannot just make a blanket statement that, well, it's uh, being a, a mistress or being a paramour is something that happens and we should accept. No. So, insofar as you have a contract that is seeking to, for example, promote sexual immorality in the nature of what we have seen hmm. with this particular case we are referring to. A married man, um, Councillor Richard rightly said, ordinarily, or married people, there's a sanctity of the institution of marriage that the law ought or wants to protect. And strictly or clearly closely related to that is the fact that a marriage itself comes with certain legal obligations which the courts are happy to enforce. Because once you enter into a marital union, there are certain rights that accrue to you and which you can proceed to a court of law to enforce. Aside that the institution itself, regardless of the perspective that you are looking at it from, from a legal perspective, from a religious perspective, or even from a societal or cultural perspective, is one that ought to be upheld. So generally, the public interest may not be in favor of the kind of situations whereby someone who is you know, a party to a marriage goes outside of that marriage to have sexual relations with another person. And on the basis of that, this other person, some agreements may have been made. Of course, these are uh, typical of all romantic relationships, mm. you know. It's easy for promises to be made here and there. But the caveat here is that if those promises are being made in a context which is contrary to public policy, the law is not going to enforce that. 
Richard, we have treated here and taught people about the law where if a man makes a promise to a woman to marry them and the two of them hold themselves in the eye of the community or society as though they were married, that promise is enforceable by the court. Why is it that in these circumstances, we say it ought not be enforceable. Why? Is the Lord just? When I enter into a relationship with a man and he makes a promises to me, is the Lord suggesting that men can make promises and deceive women and have affairs with them, knowing that if they decide not to comply with the promises, the woman cannot go anywhere cannot go to a court to have uh, the court to force the man to pay them or do what they must do? Yeah, something. I think the two scenarios you've given, I think they are distinct mm. from observation. The one is has gone beyond this side check issue that we are talking about and has gone to another level. You see, the side check issue is more like Secret affairs. They are matters that, generally speaking, they are not even the, in the public view. And if you look at the facts of this case, actually, the man suggested to the lady that because what we are doing is becoming a public knowledge at the workplace, I rather prefer that if you don't even take the job offer. So decline it. And based on the decline, uh, the, the decline I'm going to do these things for you. Right. And the lady has The other scenario where you are talking about where the, the court will enforce. Yes, they are living together. They are not officially married. But the, the person goes for family functions of, let's say, the man. Other funeral, they send. The other family members receive the person. The person is accord a particular life. What normally a wife in a former marriage should do is permitted to do as her functions. In those instances, the court will look at the fact that the thing has just gone beyond the formality. Because don't forget, sometimes the, the, the law will not look at only the, the form of an issue, but the substance. Because under normal circumstances, even if it is customary or marriage. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. They are being contracted. The family members are involved, and normally they consent to it. The customer might more or less also involve the families. Mm. So even if this formal arrangement has not been done, but subsequently these same family members appear to have condoning or acquiescing what this person is, which could have only been done when a proper, let's say, customer marriage was conducted. The court will just look beyond the fact that you have been staying with this woman for years, even some of there are even children involved, and the fact that you have not brought a drink to the abuse opinion and the particular customer has not been followed, the court will not disregard that relationship. That one is completely different from hiding yeah, you are somewhere, having secret relationships, and most of these relationships, even the wives or the husbands of the people involved are not aware. Mm-hmm. Is so it also it in enforcing the one and not enforcing the one. Mm. Mm. 
Right. Interesting. Yes, you're going to add to something. And I announced that the phone lines are open now. You can call in with your questionings to the lawyers or your brief comments. Um, and I'm holding in my hand here um, a law book on contract that we read many, many years ago, uh, Bonzi Simpson. And he spoke about public policy and illegality. He said public policy is a vitiating factor um, as a vitiating factor is different from illegality. A contract is illegal if what it intends to achieve or the means to achieve its object are contrary to statute, that is law, or judicial precedent. Then he says that uh, a contract is contrary to public policy if it offends against the public interest in some of these situations. So now listen to this. If the contract promotes immorality, this is what the judge mm -hmm. said, the law is settled. If the contract promotes immorality, disorderly conduct, breaches of the peace or the commission of a thought, uh, promotes in invidious discrimination on the grounds of ethnic origin, race, religion, or gender, discourages or prevents children from obtaining education, stifles free and fair competition on the open market or restraints of trade, limits employment or occupational mobility, and injuries to injures the environment or public health or safety. Yes, um, right. we have uh, Yao Bediako from um, Botiano. Hello, Yao. Let's hear you. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Go ahead with your question or comment. Um, under the ordinance, you cannot marry another woman or a man. But is it against the law to have a psychic? I don't even want to call it psychic. To have an affair outside marriage. Is it against the law? So, thank you. So, your, your point is that the law simply is that if you marry under ordinance, you are entitled to only one wife, one husband. It doesn't say you cannot have an affair with another woman or another uh, man. Is that it? Yes. And that is no crime. Yes, but the, the explanation they are giving you is that it need not be a crime. Okay. It is morally unacceptable. And that's what the judge also said. You see, I can't hear you. Hello? Yes. You see, at some time, we, we make morality, uh, we, we, we are uh, talking religion. And that in most cases, we try to talk about these kind of morality in the context of religion. Mm. You see, the state has its own rules, right? And the state's rules is not necessarily okay thank you for your point let's go to roger roger you're calling from wa um it looks like you are saying once you are married it's okay to be allowed to <laughs> yes roger yes something. yes go ahead yes my question is listening to uh your two panelists i realized that there are two options that uh, the judge could have let me say the judge was having either to use the morality or to use the the law prohibiting prostitution. And the, the judge appears to have used both. All of them. Right. That's true. Okay. 
Yes. But what I was just trying to find out why didn't the judge limit himself to the law on prostitution just to save himself from this trouble of morality, mm. which <laughs> sounds quite subjective. Okay. The value would have been the right. Same. Thank you very much, um, <laughs> Ima. You are calling us from Kumasi. Let's hear you. Good afternoon. Hi. Okay, so I, I think let's uh, commend the judge for the verdict. For me, what I've observed over the years is that it's like uh, our laws are favoring women too much. And some women have been taking advantage of the laws, duping men. Now, another thing is that it's like more, more or less law is taking over common sense. A woman, let's say if a married woman goes to court, now she, she for, for, for a, her own reason, she leaves the husband, then goes to court. When the person went to court, the only argument that woman could make was that, uh, give me a lump sum because one, in the marriage, I wash your things. You have sex with me. I cook for you. And on that basis, while she is leaving the marriage, yet the judge will give big compensation from the man, she has divorced. The man who has spent money to go and marry you from your home with a normal care and wealth every marriage you are living, yet she wants compensation. And the judge said that, yes, once the woman says that the man has left with uh, the woman in the marriage, she wants the, uh, the clothes, cook for, for, this is for him, he should compensate the woman. What kind of law is that? Okay, thank you, thank you for your point, but to use the expression such as you've gone to the woman, you use your money to marry, um, I think we have to be careful about that. Just hold on, let me take Osman. After Osman, then we would uh, hear from you briefly. Yes, hello Osman, you are calling from Kwabenya. Yes, good afternoon, sir. Yes, go ahead. Um, you see, the, if, if, if we say, if we say that it is immoral, or it is the contract we are talking about is against public policy. It is against public policy because of what? Because of the immorality. Or because of the illegality. So, okay, which one is the immoral here? Is it what is done between the two of them or the payment of the so-called compensation? Because if you look at... That the payment is an advancement of... She in fornication and he in adultery. Yes, but the adultery is, has already happened. So it is not what we are talking about here. We are talking about the payment. So if the payment is immoral, then of course the adultery or what has happened for the payment to be made should also be immoral. Okay. But, yes, but here I think what will prevent the thing from happening again is asking those who have done it, at least the men, to make payment for it. Mm -hmm. If the order is made that every man who engaged in that should pay the person who has gone through that with him, I think Thanks for your view, Osman. Thank you, and uh, let me get back here. And you wanted to say something, but uh, uh, before, you, before that, mm. I asked Richard the question. Mm. Breach of promise to marry, mm -hmm. the court will enforce it. Right. In this case, you saw signs that the man made promises to her. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? 
ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. That my relationship, my relationship with my wife is suffering. So look, there's a prospect that I will marry you. So why? I mean, something that's a very should have, should have uh, rejected other suitors, right? Right, that, that's a very interesting observation that you made. And for some of us, right from the beginning, when we heard about this case, um, we were of the view that perhaps the course of action that the party in question had sought to present her case is what had you know what may not go in her favor. And for those who have read the ruling into detail, you realize the judge comment that. There's no known cause of action which can ground in the facts that they are presenting. Their counsel had actually made an attempt from the ruling to, you know, say that, well, on the issue of the car, the car was seized in circumstances that caused embarrassment to the party in question and so on and so forth. But the judge was quick to say that you did not ground your pleadings on that. Perhaps if you had grounded your pleadings on that, to say that in the course of seizing the said vehicle, some embarrassment had occasioned to me, had come to me, and so on and so forth. So I'm seeking damages for that, or some compensation for that. Perhaps, who knows? Mm. That may have sufficed. Yes. So that one of the things I wanted to quickly say is that something. Um, let us not be. Let us not quickly say or comment that this is a blanket provision that allows men to, you know, deal with their mistresses in any way and then have their way with it. And please, I think that. This discussion should not only be looked at in the context of women as mistresses. It can be either ways. There are men who also find themselves in relationships such as these. So let us not be quick to say that, well, on the basis of this, if you have some woman on the side, you can just deal with her in any way that you want and go scot-free. Except okay. that you are teaching the general law that, mm -hmm. the, like the judge said, it is settled. Right. If you are entering into a contract mm -hmm. and the, the contract is against law, mm -hmm. The court will not enforce no, it. No, it, it, will, it is deemed as one that will not be enforced. Right. If you are entering into a contract, mm. and the contract is deemed as one that is against public uh, policy mm. or morality, as we say, mm. they, it could be said that okay, it's against law, then it is void. Right. But if it's against these, then it may not be enforced. Right. Right. So that you know that. At the start, when you uh, begin these negotiations. That, that, that is so. And mind you, in this case, the judge also commented that this one is exclusively, and the weather is exclusively, based on sexual, you know, um, favors or sexual considerations, sexual right. activities. Mm -hmm. So that is, that is where the catch is. The fact that once it is promoting sexual immorality, that cannot be enforced. Okay. Yes, uh, uh, Richard, I haven't listened to those who called in. What do you say? Yeah, I think the first um, caller um, was talking about uh, what law have they breached. I think it's important for our listeners to know that law comprises of legal rules and non-legal rules. And some of the non-legal rules even can be uh, um, uh, matters of morality that we have been talking about. Not, not all non-legal rules are expressive written, but even if you want to, Situate ourselves even in legal legal rules. We have, to, we, have, we have been saying that public policy refers to, uh, it seeks to, among others, protect public interest. Mm. It is clearly stated in Article 12 of our 1992 Constitution that even the enjoyment of your fundamental human rights is subject to public, public interest. Mm -hmm. Within our Constitution, public interest has been given a permanence where it serves as maybe a limitation of your clearly 
stated fundamental human rights to the consensus. What more, even the one that is not stated. So I think we are not, the discussion that my sister are having here is not really, we are looking at moral issues and religious issues. The law is setting on it, as my, my, I, I, the judge even indicated in the judgment. The other side of, yes, uh, the issue of why when any of such matters come, the court should not rather be interested in rewarding the women for whatever they have done. As my, my sister clearly indicated, the facts in this particular case is not the one that you want the court to go that way. Yesterday, when I think you started sharing this file about this program, I saw a comment by someone <laughs> indicating that if the court is to de disallow some of these things, a lot of young ladies will not go to school. They will not get money to fund the education. And I asked, mm. so are you saying that the only way you can finance a young lady's education is to have sex with a person so that you can give the, the, the person money? And we you expect our public institutions mm -hmm. to encourage that conduct. What you do that you reduce women and ladies to sex objects. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine if all our women and our ladies, all that they would do is that any man at all says that don't do anything. I will rent a house or I'll buy a car for you. As many as I want, I'll come and have a fair and I'll pay at the end of the month. How can we build a society in such a context? So laws, in fact, this case in, in question, it's not the only case that has come. There are several cases that has come before the court. And the court appears to have been consistent in its decision. And as Manchester rightfully said, the context of what you are dealing with is somebody trying to get an endorsement for court to uh, promote a contract that is based on uh, 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 illicit sex or, uh, uh, or power relationship. And the court said that I cannot sanction this. And that is the, with the context within which we are having this particular discussion. Mm. Although the man indicated that I'm having problems with, with my marriage and all those things, that issue of whether or not she was going to divorce her wife. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, a Pfizer vaccine. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine. It can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Engage a relationship with the man was not an issue before the courts. Mm -hmm. They have never made the promise of a uh, breach of promise. The, it was not the, 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 the biggest example we use about public policy has to do with the man who was uh, Ghana's ambassador to is it, Liberia, right. and then he used his political or uh, diplomatic connections mm -hmm. to get a certain uh, timber contract and was seeking to benefit from it. And it was said that that was against public policy you cannot use that your office as a diplomat and to benefit from the same but the question again is if for example this man had wheeled the car put it in his will and said this car is for my mistress 
will it not be given to the woman? If you are yesterday, okay. somebody upon seeing your friar actually called me to ask me the same question. Mm -hmm. And my answer to the person is that if somebody has made the one and said that I give my house to Samson, mm -hmm. and that was all that there were, what is the business of the court? So longer the law is mm -hmm. that I've been very documented to the law. In, in what we are talking about, assuming that the rule says that I'm giving so and so to you because of maybe a parallel relationship or the context of the situation that we are talking about, then the court is likely to delve into it to see whether it gives cases of public morality and the public interest. Okay. And if the court is not going to be permitted, but if a name is just mentioned mm. without giving as maybe as well, I don't think the court will step in. All right. But where the context which comes within the context of what we are discussing this afternoon, then it doesn't matter where it has been documented. That's why the court said that even if it has been put in the form of a deed, right, which the, be an example of such mm -hmm. a deed. That is, so I think the context and the material facts will determine what the court is likely to do in it. Uh, and you also don't share the view that these kinds of decisions or the settled law rather encourages men to tell more lies, deceive women, or the other way, knowing that this kind of contract I have entered or promise I have made to this person, the person can take me to court about it? Yeah, I don't think so. I wish maybe we can get a clear maybe example maybe to look at. I don't think so because um, if you look at even normal matrimonial courses before mm. the court, mm. in most of them, you could see that in as much as possible, the court seeks to do seek to do at least equity in the situation. All right. So mm. the court, um, I don't think the court is allowing people to take advantage mm -hmm. of people. All right, Richard, uh, thank you very much. Uh, that's almost all time will allow us. Do you have just um, 30 seconds yes, to Yes, just say... to say that context is very important. Right. And, um, on your last comment, it's important that many of these decisions come out into the public so that men and women know what they are getting themselves into and what to expect. A final point, one of your colleagues was talking about um, what happens in the context of married you know, couples. I think that is different. Let us not mix up the issues. Okay. When it comes to issues of spousal property rights and so on and so forth, the dynamics there are totally different. So let right. us not um, mix up the issues. A very important discussion. Okay. So, uh, very simple. If you enter into a contract and the contract offends laws of Ghana, that contract is deemed to be void. That means you cannot go to a court and say the court shall enforce it for you. If you enter into a contract with someone and if that contract is against public policy, which we have spoken about, questions of morality, then the court said this is settled law. That contract may be unenforceable. This has been the law. It is your legal rights. It is your health law. And my guests have been Gertrude Amoko Ama, who is lecturer UPSA Law School, senior associate Owusu Dapa Law and Associate, and Richard Obingmensa, lecturer, faculty of law here in USD, managing solicitor, Light Associates. Thank you. We'll catch you again next week with another interesting edition. We have dealt with baby mamas, but we will have to look at that again. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.